is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. If you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about in the news tonight, including a... So I guess the hate crimes bill went through. Mark, oh, did you hear good. about that? No, I didn't. I've, I'd heard rumblings about it, but I've been hearing rumblings about the hate hate crime bill for, for years. And right. I guess I just didn't take it very seriously. Now the government is going and to because be... because I wasn't paying attention, they slipped it through. The government is going to be uh, to essentially be discriminating against people who, I guess, can't be hated. Because essentially the, the hate crimes legislation, as I understand it, it basically increases penalties... For people who are engaging in so-called hate crimes, meaning they commit an act of violence against somebody, and if they have some sort of bigotry or bias against that person because of, for instance, the color A of their group skin that they belong to, or you know their sexual preference. I wonder or, about rich people. Is it okay to rob somebody because they appear to be rich to you? It's a good. Question. I really don't like rich people. I'm going to rob this guy. Let's uh, let's go to the Huffington Post for the story. Uh, Obama signed major civil rights legislation on Wednesday, making it a federal hate crime to assault people based on sexual orientation, gender, and gender identity. Now, before I go on, so I guess it's just sexual orientation, gender, and gender identity. Now, I don't know if there already are federal hate crimes for people that are, you know, black or white or Asian or something like that. Uh, that's a good question, and maybe if you know, you can answer that for me. Did they have they already passed hate crime legislation? So isn't every rape then uh, a hate crime? Because you know, I obviously have my proclivities when it comes to the area of sex, and I would assume that the sexual assaulters have the same thing. Mm-hmm. So they are assaulting the person they are assaulting based on their gender, are they not? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So every every sex crime, then I mean, even whether whether it's a person they put their hands on or just show their uh, parts to or whatever, that person essentially is being shown their the parts or, or assaulted based on their gender, right? Sounds like it. Congratulations, and, America. We've just bumped up uh, you know sex crime punishments. Big deal. And it, well, it seems to me here that uh, that's. What business is it of the federal government to get involved in um, local crime? I mean, th- you're talking about an assault happening on a local jurisdiction. If you believe in those, you know, silly lines in the sand, uh, is that for federal government's purview? Do Apparently want, so. Do you want me to answer as a fed- as the federal government? Because I'll be happy to. The federal government yes, here can do is is to uh, is, is well, it's our job to make sure that people aren't discriminated against. I mean, that's these are these are people's civil rights to not be discriminated discriminated against. So but we're now just they making are dis- it so so that they can't be discriminated. But against. do you see they are discriminating against the people who are not included in this legislation? Well, they were discrimin- so if I just if if I just assault you and I don't say you fag as I beat you. Because maybe I think you're gay or whatever, right? Because does it matter if you are actually gay as well? Is that a, is that a factor here? Like, what if I think that you're gay because of the way you're wearing that turtleneck sweater tonight? What if I think that you're gay and I go before. and I, you know, obviously I can't probably beat you in a physical contest, but if I do some, you know, pull out some kind of weapon and, uh, and you know, slash you with it and call you a fag at the same time, would that be, a, you know, a hate crime? It wouldn't be very nice. No, no. What do you think? Do you um, think they would categorize that as a, as a hate crime? I because, think, yeah. But, yes, I do. But you're not actually gay. So, so you're assaulting I, me because I because you believed I was gay. So they are then they are discriminating against you if if you were to have been assaulted twice by one once by a guy who called you a fag and the other by a guy who just didn't say anything, you didn't know anything about his belief system, 
then you'd be discriminating against or what you would be discriminated against in the case of the guy who didn't believe anything about you when he struck you, uh, as opposed to the guy that thought you were gay. Because the punishment would be likely less for the guy who didn't hate you um, for your sexual orientation. Is it's that making sense? It certainly draws a distinction, but I think that, um, you know, I, I don't think that we have a rising problem of crime against gays or, or you know, gender benders or whatever um, terms one wants to use. I may be wrong, but I don't think that that's what's going on. So, in order, you know, so setting up this uh, th- this charge is too little, too late. This should have been done decades ago if somebody was going to do it. And now you're, you know, you've got by and large this generation coming isn't about hating people who, uh, you know, because of their gender preference. It's it's the government, you know, they're they're just so silly. The story says uh, that the new measure expands the scope of a 1968 law that applies to people attacked because of their race, religion, or national origin. So apparently there already are hate crimes. It's news to me. I mean, it just shows you what I know about the federal government, all their damn laws. How are you supposed to know these things? 800-259-9231. It would seem to me that an assault should be an assault regardless well, of the reasoning that it is carried out. And uh, the other the other thing that I would point out here is that, uh, you know, I can call somebody a fag, and it wouldn't be that I'm necessarily dislike them or dislike, you know, just dislike gay people or something like that. It's just a disparaging term. Mm-hmm, sure. I've heard gay people say, oh, that's gay. It, they're, they're referring right. to something that they don't consider to be cool or something. I don't know what, what even yeah. the terminology means exactly, but they don't like it. So, um it there you know these terms don't necessarily indicate somebody who might hate somebody because of their sexual orientation or their race or something like that i mean i've i've heard people use the n word as an expletive talking about you know just normal you know, just the things not not people just mm-hmm. things so i i think that one can use these terms and not be uh, a bigot and not be somebody who's committing a hate crime. And I think that that's, you know, getting getting the government in the business of, especially the federal government, in the business of deciding what's in the mind of an assaulter, which is a local crime, I just don't think it makes much sense. It really, all this is intended is so that the government can insert itself into high-profile cases, the federal government can insert itself into high-profile cases, mm-hmm. and politicians on the federal level can grandstand over and, and get press for high-profile cases that would otherwise just be pressed for the local bureaucrats. Indeed, the story says that the U.S. Justice Department will have expanded authority to prosecute such crimes when local authorities don't. So does that mean that if a local government doesn't prosecute on an assault or a so-called hate crime, that the federal government will step in? If they don't, if they don't prosecute they would just, at all, they'd just bring the upgrade package. Is what my guess would be. They, they would just, they would just come in anyway. Is what you're saying? Well, that if there was the assault, you know, obviously the assault's getting news or whatever, mm-hmm. and then, and then, you know, it it, it becomes clear inside the news that, it's that a hate crime. It, there was a hate crime of some sort. Then the the federal government bureaucrats that want to get some press, they'll charge in with their hate crimes and slap that on top of it, um, on top of it, mm-hmm. which is very confusing because now you've got an inmate who's going to a, a person who's going to go to prison or jail or whatever under the state codes, and then they're going to have additional federal codes on top of that. What's really the point in moving them around and all this other stuff? And what about the rest of the people that could be hated on? Like, like you mentioned, Mark, the, the rich people. I mean, according to the story here, this is only going to apply to sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, which is adding into an old law from 1968 that uh, includes people, uh, race, religion, and national origin. What about people with blonde hair? 
What if I hate people with blonde hair, or I hate people with a you know more than make more than fifty thousand dollars a year? Or what if I hate people that make less than thirteen thousand dollars a year? I mean, apparently you, know, you can, apparently some hate is is uh, more equal than others. You know, sometimes I get kind of irked when I see a, a, a Jeep rider, you know, people that drive Jeeps and they have like it's a Jeep thing yeah. on the back of their Jeep. You and hate then, them. And then, uh, well, I don't know about hate, but I'm, I'm no. irked by them um, when you're. Talking, uh, you know, they'll they'll also have the if this if you can read this, this Jeep is upside down. You know, people that have Jeeps, it seems to me, you know, have a certain level of hubris about their vehicle, and and you know, you're going to get an email tonight. It's fine. Oh, I'm going to get a bunch of them. It's fine <laughs> with me if you have hubris, say about '76 Eldorados, because those are cool cars, or perhaps a convertible Lincoln or something like that. But if you have a Jeep, uh, you're just a dork, as far as I'm concerned. So, what about people that get beaten up, however uh, justifiably, because they're Jeep owners? All good questions. Let's go to Leslie in Hawaii. You're on Free Talk Live with Ina Mark. Hello, Leslie. Good afternoon. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I am black and I am gay. I'm 54. Okay? Does that mean if if uh, if I assault You're double you, trouble? Can I be double can charged? I finish, with a yes, go can ahead. Can I finish, please? Yes. Okay. I remember growing up seeing black people killed just because they were black and you wanted to vote. I don't know how old we all are. Okay. I think it's very ill of you to be make this such a trivial issue. People are still being killed today because of their race and their sexual orientation. I'm not saying that's and a good thing, sir. Well, excuse me, can I finish, please? You can, but I'm going to put you on and hold maybe and we'll bring you back. You were, maybe we're going to put you on hold cool. and we'll bring you back, and then you can finish. 800-259-9231. More with Leslie if he hangs on. And I'm not saying that I think it's okay to attack people. I'm just saying that why can't one attack be equal to another attack? Why are some people who are attacked uh, more special than other people who are attacked because of their gender or their skin color or hair color or whatever? We're coming up. Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features, by the way, include our Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Now, do you hate to make those extra trips back to the car and inside to carry in the grocery bags? Well, for the last few months at my house, we've been using the Tota Sack, and I plan on using it until, well, forever, because these things are virtually indestructible. They're a handle made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States, and it's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Go to totasack.com, that's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com, and get yourself a family pack today. That's Tota Sack. They carry more than you can, a lot more. Tota Sack. Dot com. 
and now we started the show out, and Sam, just to bring you up to speed, you're joining us for the remainder of the program here tonight, uh, started the show out talking about this hate crimes legislation that has passed. And it's an addition to a 1968 law at the federal level that applies to people that are attacked, you know, assaulted uh, because of their race, religion, or national origin. They've now expanded that to include uh, sexual orientation, gender, and gender identity. And I'm pointing out here that this is not fair. It creates two classes of, of assault. One, if you know that the person who's assaulting you in some way hates you because of your gender, race, etc., etc., and one because if you're just assaulted because you're assaulted. And so it essentially is discriminating against the victims of assault who are not necessarily being hated for some sort of alternative reason beyond the fact that, you know, you've got something I want or I'm angry at you or whatever. Uh, so I Right. And let's also point out um, that the general what was the gentleman's name of the call? Leslie. Leslie. Who hung up, by the way. Right. Poor Leslie. I, you know, I, Leslie's he was very upset. Yeah. He's misinterpreting what we're saying here. We don't want anybody attacked, Leslie. We want people to not attack each other. However, it, what what this law does is it really just allows politicians to grandstand. Do you really think that the vast majority of people that get attacked because of their race and now um, gender, ethnicity, gender, uh, you know, whatever it is, whether they're gay or whether they're, you know, transitioning or whatever it is, do you really think that those people are in fact getting this hate crimes, uh, you know, the benefit of this hate crimes bill? I don't think they are. The f- the fact is that you see people getting attacked for their um, for their race, and th- they don't use this this law because it's a federal law, and it's only going to be used by the feddies when they feel like using it. Yeah, and it puts the government in the place of uh, really going after people for thought crimes. And who's to say what somebody's frame of mind was when they went in and and did some you know one of these acts? For me, if you're going to hurt me or hurt somebody that I care about, uh, it's really not that big of an issue whether or not you hate uh, the person that you're hurting for the color of their skin or their religious beliefs or whatever it might be that you hate them for. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. It's creating two classes of uh, of crime for what is essentially assault. Assault is assault. Is it's assault. despicable to commit assault because you don't like somebody for their race or because of their uh, you know gender orientation or whatever it is. But it's also despicable to, to uh, assault somebody because you want their money yeah. or because you're mad at them over some poker game or Absolutely. whatever reason. All of these reasons are despicable. Let's go to your calls and talk to Craig. And if Leslie wants to call back and discuss this, yeah. I'd love to have him because yeah. we invited Fine. him to hang on. Uh, Craig is with us in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Craig. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Uh, that that goes back to uh, to equal administration of justice, doesn't it? I mean, aren't we every, everybody supposed to have a equal administration? I mean, a, equal justice? No, apparently not. I mean, it would make <laughs> sense, but apparently some justice is more equal than others, or some, uh, you know, some gr- crimes are more important than others, as far as, the, you know, the motivation is now apparently more important. I, I just wonder, because I, I was having a problem myself, and I, and I, and I, don't, like, I don't like to talk about myself all the time, but here again, I've got a, I've got a problem uh, as far as uh, the redress of grievances, getting anybody to hear or to listen. And uh, I mailed a uh, certified letter today at the post office to the Attorney General of Kentucky, Jack Conway. Okay. Before I left the post office, I, the lady that was behind the counter, I gave the, the certified letter to, and I asked her if everything was in order, but she failed to tell me that it uh, it wasn't sealed. So I left her with a certified letter that had four pages of uh, grievances to the Attorney General of the State of Kentucky. Now everybody in uh, eastern Kentucky knows 
basically what my grievances were. So, uh, and it wasn't an accident. I should have had to, I should have known to, to seal that letter, but it happened. So wait, I'm a little con- confused. <laughs> What, what happened? You, the letter wasn't sealed, and so that resulted in what exactly? And that resulted in the uh, the grievances, the four pages of grievances uh, being uh, read before the attorney general got sealed. How do you know that? I know that. What evidence do you have of that? As far as hard evidence, I don't have any hard evidence, but I know that I left there with that certified letter not being sealed that somebody peeked in that letter. What does it matter? It doesn't matter, but that goes back to the uh, equal administration of justice. See, this is this is an ongoing... What justice are you referring to? I mean, you're just talking about a letter that you sent in to some bureaucrat. I don't understand how that ties into justice at all. Well, it, it may not tie into justice as far as justice, but it does. That's the only way you can get anything done. That's the what only are you trying to accomplish? Up. Um, I'm trying to accomplish, um, see, um, my mother and uh, my grandmother were being harassed by uh, a large corporation here okay. and, uh, I'm, and and some private individuals that are connected with that corporation and some uh, state officials that are connected with that corporation. And I'm trying to get it to stop before somebody gets killed. Now, what what and, is this corporation doing that is so harassing? Um, well, my house has been shot into. And why would you? Uh, again, why would you believe I didn't see anybody shoot into it, but they did. And, but their vehicles, their vehicles did drive by my grandmother. That's pretty serious. Who are we? Ta- are you? Who are you alleging is shooting at your home? Um, the corporation. I don't know if I should mention it, but it's. Oh, ICC go ahead. It's just a radio show. We <laughs> don't know who you who you are. <laughs> we'll just say allegedly. Just say allegedly. Well, they, they allegedly, they they are allegedly causing me all. I mean, uh, all who? kinds of problems. Who is they? What other kind of problems? Oh, no, no, no. Allegedly, who are we talking about here? Is it Walmart? I mean, who's no, shooting sir. at you? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's a large coal company, ICG a coal, coal company. company. Okay. Yes. And why are they and targeting least, you? I mean, and your, why are they targeting you and your family in your speculation? Um, this is just speculation. Sure, it is. I think they have a problem. They have a problem with me as far as Do they know who uh, I you think are. That, pardon me. Do they know you? Um, evidently, they do. They okay. thought this is this is ongoing. And why why do you think they're targeting you? Um, I, I'd rather not say. Okay, but well I, then I guess our conversation's over. <laughs> Good luck out there, and thank you. 800-259-9231. So, he doesn't get shot at anymore. I hope not, too, if what he's saying is actually the case and he has any evidence at all that it's the coal company. that I mean, It's a radio show, right? Like It's right. hard to, to prove these but, things. But if you were going to shoot at somebody's home or family or relatives, would you drive, or, would you drive to the location of the shooting in your corporate vehicle? <laughs> well, he didn't say that he saw the person, the, the people that shot. He only no, saw... No, he, he's the, speculating. Right, but like, that he had, they'd driven by his grandmother house at yeah. some point right but i mean how would you come to the conclusion otherwise that it was that corporation just pure speculation sounds like he has uh, piles of evidence sounds a little paranoid 800-259-9231 you are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind just dial in toll free take control of the airwaves this is free talk live 
Register now for the Republican Liberty Caucus of New Hampshire's Liberty in 2010 reception. Dr. Thomas Woods, the New York Times bestselling author of Meltdown, will be explaining the economic crisis and the role of the Federal Reserve. Successful investment fund manager Larry Lepard will share his perspective on the meltdown, including advice on how to protect your investments. Proceeds will be used to help pro-liberty Republican candidates win their primaries in 2010. Register at nhrliberty.org. That's nhrliberty.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, and by the way, those features uh, do include the bulletin board system with over 490,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search Results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy inside of your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. That's startpage.com. Now, on this program, I talk fairly often about my beliefs as a voluntarist, as somebody who thinks that the things that are being done today in the name of government or by the people calling themselves government are essentially people forcing their way on others. Now, maybe their goals are admirable, you know, feeding the the hungry, for instance, and helping the poor, um, helping sick children get better. I understand all of those goals, and I support many of those goals. But I'd like to be able to support them on a voluntary basis rather than uh, be coerced into funding them, which is really the only tool that government seems to have at its disposal, is it decides what, you know, they decide what they're going to do, and then they decide to threaten you if you don't want to go along with their particular plan. And uh, I, I consider that voluntarism. That's uh, the term I use. I used to call myself a, a libertarian. But uh, we talk about these ideas fairly frequently on this program. And I got a, an email follow-up from somebody um, who just made a comment that was a little disturbing to me. And I wanted to share it. He says, hey, FTL crew, I listened to the email being read. We'd read one of his emails in the past. And he said, uh, I must tell you, I have, an, I have abandoned my desire to work toward voluntarism. I really started to listen to Stefan Molyneux quite a bit and realized that freedom is just an abstraction that I have no right to whatsoever. Interesting. Now, I haven't listened to uh, Stefan Molyneux in a, while, in a while, but I do like Stefan Molyneux. I, I like him on a personal level. Uh, Sam, you had him and, him and I and uh, Mark Stevens in a, on a panel discussion at this year's uh, Liberty Forum, and it was very, very good. It was about achieving a voluntary society and getting from where we are today and to a voluntary society. And so I'm wondering from those of our listeners out there that are regular Stefan Molyneux listeners – What's he suggesting out there? Is he suggesting that people just put aside... Oh, I don't think that... It doesn't sound to me like this guy's getting what uh, Stefan Molyneux is, is pitching. Right, obviously... He might be getting something else. Right, obviously this is hearsay, and this is what he's saying that Stefan Molyneux is saying. But since I don't have the uh, the time right now to go and pour over the oodles and oodles of videos and audio that Stefan puts out... I mean, the guy just churns out content yes. uh, week after week... 
I'm just just wondering, is this guy misinterpreting? Is uh, you know, is, is Stefan well, out there saying you say to, the same thing? I mean, what's a right? Does this guy have a right to freedom? No, no. He says that he's given up on his desire to work toward voluntarism because, well, he believes he has no right to freedom. He goes Does on. Does he say, have a right to freedom, Ian? I don't know if I believe in rights, but I, I like the idea. Then he doesn't idea, have a right to freedom. But I like the idea. Is, that doesn't he, mean that I don't think he should... He's as good as the cow that I just ate for, for lunch. I don't think that does... I don't, just because I don't necessarily believe in the that rights exist, I don't think there is any sort of tangible... Uh, thing that you can point to that you believe is a in right. right and wrong i believe that yes I, rights exist well no they don't really exist they're just concepts you, you, and that's you said okay. you believed in right and wrong they they they, they that means they exist right uh you're right mark i uh you know what you're i'm trying to say here what i'm trying to say here what i'm trying to say here is that uh that essentially rights are a good idea and they don't really exist in practice because the government people and other people won't respect them you know that they, they talk a good game about rights, but if rights aren't respected, then you don't really have them. I think rights could exist if everybody agreed to the idea of rights and respected other people's, uh, you know, the concept of rights. I don't see that happening. I, maybe he's getting the I, confused with the concept that just because you're working towards a voluntary society, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're out preaching that everybody has a right to freedom. For me, working towards a voluntary society is about going out, talking to my neighbors and saying, look, it's not right for me to go to my neighbors and demand that they do something under the, a threat of, of force or, you know, if they don't want to pay for it, I'm going to drag them out of their house and put them in a, in a cage somewhere. I agree with this guy. I think that he has no rights. He's as good as my servant. Do you think he should he come sh- over to my house and do my yard work. Do you think he should give up on the whole freedom thing? I mean, that's what he's saying. He yes, come over to my house and do my yard work for no <laughs> money at all. He says, I do prefer freedom over slavery, but I don't hold on very dearly to that preference, as I have learned that the more I desire that preference, the more I lose quality in my personal life, meaning the more he desires freedom or presumably works I've had this experience. It, the more he loses quality. You? I mean, don't you think that if you didn't desire freedom um, and liberty so much for the world and for yourself that your relationship with your mother would be better? Um, that, uh, you know, I, I, I can't I'm think not, of any other But I'm not unhappy right now. I guess I could see what he would be saying, like, you know, if you did a whole bunch of civil disobedience, you'd end, a jail, you'd end up in a jail cell for likely a very, very long time, and that could hurt the, you know, the quality well, of your life. Well, I could see that. <laughs> if I uh, was a, was a uh, strong, firm stand for freedom all the time, and that's all I talk to my wife about, I can tell you that it would strain our relationship thoroughly. Right, right. I, I understand that. Uh, but he says, and to lose quality in my personal life over something that I have no right to in the first place is to me silly. Not to mention that ph- philosophically speaking, there are some serious conundrums that libertarians face with the non-aggression and property rights principles that are touted. He doesn't get into that. He says that's a whole other email. And then he says, uh, hey, either way, you guys had a great deal of influence on me coming to understand the we slash I difference. Uh, I know it sounds kind of stupid, but in the end, we're really neither we nor I. We just are. And the more we believe that we that we are, either we or I'm lo- I'm lost at this point. It sounds but, like he's uh, been listening to the, uh, the, the what um, what's what's the name of that uh, legal uh, herb that you you were talking about smoking? No idea. Oh well, um, there's there's some herb that you buy off eBay that's oh uh, salvia. salvia. So the salvia. It sounds like you were he was listening to your salvia shows to me. <laughs> No, I have no idea what the, he's talking about. The guy's about. high, dude. I mean, like, he's really, really high. No, it sounds like he's somebody who has come across this message of liberty and maybe 
probably gone out and done some things to sort of spread this message and run into some resistance and realized, mm-hmm. wow, this is going to be, this could be a really long struggle. It could it's not take, an easy road. Yeah. And, and this is somebody that has decided, you know what, it's easier. I, I don't want the red pill. I want to just stick my head back in the yeah. sand and, exactly and right. make all this go away so that, uh, you know, I can go back living as a slave because I was happier than not knowing that I was a slave. That's a great uh, analogy. He's the ci- he's a cipher, right? I mean, they're from the Matrix, cipher yeah. who uh, gets himself placed back into the Matrix because, well, you know, reality just wasn't as tasty. Yeah. Reality just wasn't as uh, as nice for him and what his, what was important to him. And that's fine, you know. If that's what you want for your life, then you can have it. If what you want is the the life of obedience, then you can have it. And all of us are obedient to some extent. I don't obviously. think you can do it though. What? I don't think it can be done. What? I think you can plug back in. You don't think you can plug I don't think you can. Well, you can shut up, and you can go along to get along. You you, you, you probably can't unlearn the ideas, if that's what you mean. Really? You can shut up about these? I just, I can't imagine. That's what he's saying he's doing. He's done. He doesn't want to. Good luck. He doesn't doesn't mean, just because he desires to do it, doesn't mean that he'll be successful. You understand? There's a difference between desiring and being successful. I don't see how hard it is to stop talking to people about freedom. He's decided that it's dam- damaging his uh, personal life and that uh, he wants uh, other things are more important to him, Mark. The other things are there are many important things. Good luck with it. Right. And that's what I'm saying. If that's what you want for yourself, then by all means, there's a whole life of slavery out there that you can uh, take part in. And that's what most people do. That's what ninety nine point nine percent. You knew it was slavery. You didn't know it was slavery before. And then when you plug back in, you will know it. And I don't think you can unknow it. You can't unknow it. But you can shut the F up and just go along to get along and plug back into the it's system. It's hard to be a slave once you know that you are a slave. But no, he'll do it anyway, apparently. 800-259-9231. I wish I was as optimistic about about it as you, Mark, but I, it seems like this guy wants to go back in. So by all means, he it should seems do what to he me, wishes. Right. It seems to me that achieving a voluntary society is possible. Once you get together with other people, it lowers the risks. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high-fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, You can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Uh, Once again, that's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get the stuff that you need and the stuff that you want, and we'll get a cut. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. According to the Associated Press at ABC News, a 1970s-era Texas law that allows parents to show harmful material to their children has come under fire after a prosecutor has said he couldn't file charges against a man accused of forcing his 8- and 9-year-old daughters to watch hardcore online pornography. 
Randall County District Attorney James Farron has asked the Texas Attorney General's office to return, re- review his decision not to pursue charges in the case, which has prompted at least one lawmaker to vow to change the state's public indecency law. Farron said, our hands are tied. It's not our fault. I have to follow the law. The mother of the victims in this case was less than happy with this, uh, with this decision, which I understand. We were less than happy with the statute. The law, so they really, really, really wanted to charge this guy, uh, but they claim they cannot do so. The law apparently was meant to protect the privacy of parents who wanted to teach children about sex education, but it uh, states clearly that parents can't be prosecuted for showing harmful material to their children. Farron said police reported the incident to his office after one of the girls told a counselor in June that her father made them watch adults having group sex and various other acts at his home in Amarillo. Adults, so like in real life or um, on the? It's it says computer. earlier that it's online pornography, but there it makes it sound like it's in real life. Yes, on um, the, the home. The parents of the girls and their seven-year-old sister are divorced and share custody. And of course, the girl's mom is pretty upset about this. She wants the husband or the ex-husband to be jailed. She says she was stunned to hear from prosecutors that police. Said that nothing, and when they said that nothing could be done, she said, Are you kidding me? There's no way. This can't be right. And I'm just wondering, what do you guys think about this? It sounds like two parents who are uh, bitterly angry at one another and they're using their children as a vehicle to, uh, to get back at each other. And, you know, it's sad. This is a, this is an unintended consequence of government marriage and the whole divorce process, which is, we've heard the stories people call in, those are a nightmare. Well, I I wouldn't disagree with what uh, Sam says there. However, I think that even in a world where um, you know the government didn't issue marriage uh, licenses, you would still have some ugly breakups. Some and, certainly, and people may very well you know I, there's somebody out there that thinks it's a good idea to show hardcore porn to uh, nine and what was it nine and ten year old girls eight and nine eight and nine year old uh, little girls and I I have to disagree. I think that that's a uh, you know a bad bad behavior. Um, do I want to jail the guy over it? I I don't think that's the right thing to do. However, I'm I'm having like who's who's the victim and what are the results going to be in life? They're gonna you know the little girls are their minds warped because they're seeing porn too early. I don't know. I, I don't mean, see what the problem lots and is lots with of, this. I, I, you wouldn't. No, um, I don't see what the problem is with this because I think that repressing uh, people sexually only comes out in really negative ways. One generally. of those negative ways is, in fact, porn. Okay, <laughs> like that is one of the re- repressions. I think that porn would be entirely different in a world where sex wasn't repressed. I think you're right about the, that. The whole way yep. that women are treated in porn is, to me, uh, you know, some sometimes I, when I say the whole way, I guess I'm not speaking. Some I'm speaking about some str- types of porn. Okay. Okay. You know, you'll see some guys like strangling women while they're uh, while they're doing whatever they're doing, right. and there'll be uh, slapping going on, and and all kinds of things that I just uh, you know degradations that I think wouldn't necessarily exist in a world where uh, you know people didn't have all the hang-ups about sex that they do. I think that's a, that's an appropriate observation. That's true, uh, but I think that there are also. For instance, there are there are porn that is uh, directed by women that are much more sensitive to you know the uh, the needs of a woman, if you will, that are not as uh, misogynistic. It's out there, but it is a it is a niche market segment. Well, obviously, we don't know exactly what this man was showing to no, uh, to his daughters. And, and, if, and, and if, quite honestly, I don't hear anything from this guy in, in this particular article. 
um, defending his position on showing uh, porn to uh, little girls. But I, I gotta say that I just, I, I, you can't get me on this guy's side. I don't know what I think is an appropriate punishment or anything like that, but I'm not on this guy's side. Mark, how would you feel about two parents that thought it was okay to have sex in front of their children? I think that, well, I, you know, I, I think that parents have probably been having sex in front of kids since parents have had kids. You know, when the vast majority of of human history, people have lived in single room structures, right? So kids have probably seen parents having sex and. So, you know, like in front of is really the operative term. Do I think it's a good idea to sit the kids down and, and do it there right in front of them like they do on uh, The Meaning of Life and Monty Python? I think that's a awfully, awfully weird. But, um, but and some people might think that's appropriate. Some I people think it's might wrong. Think but that's your business. It is. You you can decide to educate your kids how you want. It's none of your damn business how other parents decide to educate their kids, right? It's not. I mean, I think that I think they're wrong. Okay. And I think that it's their business and it's none of my damn business. I'm not going to make a judgment call on that. I'm going to make a judgment call. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. I want to hear from you. Uh, how do you feel about this? Should this man, whoever he is, uh, because the Associated Press doesn't publish the names of parents if it could identify children who might have been abused. However, they did publish the name of the uh, the ex-wife. <laughs> so you could probably figure out who this guy is. Uh, how do you feel about this? What what should happen to him? Should his children be taken from him? Should he be left alone? But how do you deal with the mother and, and you know her rights to raise her kids? I wouldn't feel very badly at all if this guy never got to see his little girl again. It really wouldn't bother me. To me, that sounds like the closest thing to uh, appropriate punishment. I'm not prepared to uh, to saddle the people of Texas with uh, incarcer is that is that right, Texas? Texas um, with incarcerating this guy because I don't think that he's uh, you know that that kind of that that level of pervert but uh, his it seems to me his judgment is so remarkably bad if if this occurred in the way that i'm understanding it to occur and i'm not on the jury and i don't get to hear everything but if that's the case then i i wouldn't feel bad if 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 his uh, rights to visit for visitation were severely limited wow so i mean do you realize mark that there are people out there who feel that your views about government, and we're not even talking Ian here yet, mm-hmm. but your views are government about government and and the way society should run are just radical. Yes, and, and that you know that maybe bringing up a ch- a child in that environment is unacceptable to yes. them, and mm-hmm. they would say that you know what Jack should be taken away from they you, should. and you should never yep, be able say. to see him again. Yep, that's what they'll say. But yet here you are wishing the same thing on somebody else because it clashes with your belief system. I, you know, why can't you just I, leave people alone? Mark? I think I think you have to have a certain level. Of, why? Okay, Ian. So if this guy can, uh, you know, convince his daughters—is uh, it, it both of the daughters, nine and eight there? Yeah. That it's a good idea for parents and their daughters, you know, fathers and their daughters to to copulate and and do all kinds of sexual acts together, and they do it consensually. You have a problem with his uh, his visitation rights being taken away? Uh, well, you know, I think that the you know the question of divorce is a, is a tricky one because the government is inherently involved in that, and I don't think the government should be involved in it. I think that people should be getting uh, they should be getting married under private agreements, which could specify you know who is in charge, and if an arbitrator decided to take you know if in a free free world, the more free world, an arbitrator did uh, had the power to make that decision because of the consent of the two adults involved, I think that'd be fine. Uh, let's go ahead and and bring it to the question of what if uh, mom and dad are still together and they both want to uh, engage in sexual uh, things with their, their children? Are you? Would you like to know how I feel about that? Yeah, go ahead. I think it's their business and it's none of mine. God.
Leave yeah. people alone, Mark. If you want freedom, you have to allow other people to be free. Don't you understand that? <laughs> I do understand okay, that. Well, why don't you apply it? <laughs> because there are points where... Uh, you know, it's just it's just too it, it's too much. I it's have to much. hurt yeah, people. I it's have to much. enforce my way on everyone else. Yeah, that's well, what I do. I, I'm, I'm talking about saving people from a life of being pretty messed up, and that sounds. Wait like, a minute, whoa, but whoa, it's, whoa, that's you your viewpoint. That. Yeah, it is. Are you saying you can't find people that have engaged in uh, and incestual uh, activities like that, or that are not messed up? I don't know any. But it sounds. Pretty, what about women who have been up. who have been raped? Some of them choose to, uh, you know, have that be an event that destroys their lives, and others have chosen for that to be a very empowering moment, and they go out and speak out about it and help other people through their own suffering. Yeah, well, sure, and if you you will find that uh, I, I just watched a TED video. Are you familiar with this? Oh yeah, uh, TED dot yeah. org is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to see some really great videos out there on, in Radio Land, go go watch these. However, I just recently uh, saw one where they they polled uh, lottery winners and paraplegics one year after the event. Yep. And both of them scored equally as happy about the event that occurred. Um, and and so therefore paraplegia, which I think we can all agree is a very bad thing, um, paraplegics uh, are just as happy about their paraplegia as uh, a lottery winners are of that. So the human mind has an incredible ability to rewrite history. More yep. on incest coming up here in moments. Hour number two is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 as we we move into hour number two here. Uh, Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll uh, get back to a bit of a sticky issue here in a moment. But first, Dave is on the line in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you doing? I think Sam hit it right on the nose, man. This guy's using the kid as a weapon in the divorce to just really piss the, the old lady off. And you're talking I about think, a situation, and, just to in, interject here so people that are just tuning in know what okay. you're talking about. You're talking about a man who has an eight- and nine-year-old daughter uh, and two eight- and nine-year-old daughters, and they are allegedly have been forced to watch pornography, may possibly have been uh, involved in watching people having sex in real life, and he, they are divorced, uh, he and his, uh, his ex-wife, and she's very, very upset about finding out about this. She wants him to be punished for it. So go ahead with your thoughts, Dave. So with the motivation of 
you showing the kids that being involved in the divorce, the motivation is to really uh, do damage to another person. I think he could be charged with delinquency of a minor because he's sending the signal to his daughters. If an adult does that to them, it's okay, but in our world, you can't be doing that without under the age of consent, you know what I mean? So. I yeah. think he could be charged with uh, delinquency of a minor. I'm surprised they didn't come up with something to charge the guy with. And, again, I think it's really important that, that well, I think the context is really important. Did he do it as a spiteful thing to really right. get back the at the wife? the motivation is the whole act. The motive, and he, he, this is meditated, you know, he thought about it. He probably even picked pornography because... There is no, you know, law written about this, you know, but I think in the, the motivation is the revealing aspect of this whole thing. The guy is doing, he's... And, and it's unfortunate. Placed, he placed his hatred to his wife over the love of his kids. And and what are his kids going to take away from that? This is how you right, uh, right. deal with it, other it adults. It damages the kids in all different aspects. Yep. And it goes into rights. You know, like what you guys were talking to before you brought this subject up, you know, uh, you know, with the volunteerism and you know, do we have rights, do you expect freedom or whatever. Mm-hmm. On the great mothership Earth going through the cosmos, you know, all we have is what the Earth gives us. And to get along with one another, I, I think the, the spirit of America can handle it because the First Amendment has five aspects to it that you were killed over if they didn't like what you were saying they'd kill you if you didn't accept the religion they forced down your throat they'd kill you if you got together to complain about it they'd kill you if you wrote stuff down and passed it around and they didn't like it they'd kill you so we have certain unalienable rights all on this planet as we'd like to think Huh? We'd like to think we have those well, we things. Well, we do, Dave. or we're all going to kill each other, well, you know, or or use our children as weapons in love. You rights know? are respected in, I think, many cases. In most people's cases, that's why we all get along so well, because we do respect one another's rights to life and that sort of thing, with the exception of certain people who call themselves government that don't have any respect for uh, for your right to life and well, freedom. Well, government, so that these rules that we put were against the government, so they can't kill us, you know, so... What do you? Uh, I'm not sure what you're getting at there, Dave. Well, the certain unalienable rights. You but know? the government Some people can would kill say you. that this guy had the right to show pornography to his kids. I say he does. God. But the motivation of him showing it to the kids wasn't really because he wanted to give his kids sex education. Well, now you don't know that. We haven't heard from him. You're you're speculating well, you have to on talk that part. To the kid too if it, you know the kid is traumatized over it and freaked out and went to say hey my dad's showing me we don't even know, know if the kids are traumatized we don't know if right, they just right, mentioned right. So it here we are speculating uh, on right. a whole bunch of stuff we don't have no aspect of but there is certain certain codes that that go along with these rights. What we do know is that the woman in this case wants to see her ex-husband put put behind bars because he showed his kids porn. That's what that's what we know, and I say that's entirely inappropriate. And I thank you for the call tonight, Dave. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Crystal Bruckner, the mother in this case, wants her ex husband to be jailed.
She says, I want people to know about this. I want parents to be mad and say no, she said. I I understand in the 70s everybody wanted the government to stay out of their homes. I don't want to stop parents from having that right to teach sex education. But there's a big difference and there's a line you should not cross when teaching. And I understand that she has her beliefs about where you know where that line is, but obviously her husband or ex-husband rather has a different set of beliefs. And I guess that in this case, there is going to be a judge that's going to uh, decide on on this matter, likely, and you know, or could possibly decide on this and say, well, I have decided that your methods are inappropriate, and I will award you, lady, the uh, the custody of these these children. And that's the system that uh, that we're living in, and maybe that same thing would be happening under a, a system of arbitration in a more free marketplace. But it brings me back around to the conversation we were having about just the concept of uh, of parents and sexual activity with their children in general. I understand it's a very uncomfortable uh, subject for a lot of people. I but, can tell you it's uncomfortable for me. But I think it's I think it's worthy of bringing up here because Mark, we found an area where you are essentially saying that you disagree so vehemently with the idea of people engaging in some sort of sexual activity with their children that you would have their their children stolen from them. And yeah, I'm a. You can go ahead and say that I'm an uh, a parent child incest fascist. I am. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I just wanted to make sure I'm clear on something then, Mark, because we just had a discussion recently about the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ and of Latter-day Saints. Yes. And we talked about how they had their children stolen from them, over 430 children stolen from their parents who, well, their belief system's a little bit different from most people in America. They believe that you should be able to have multiple wives. They believe that you should, as a man, uh, be able to take multiple wives who are you know, 12 years old. Um, I don't know about incest necessarily, but I don't really know what their culture is exactly about, right? Nonetheless, that's pretty disturbing to a lot of people. I'm sure, Mark, that you probably would find that disturbing as well. I think 12 is is young. However, I think that once you're once you're talking about uh, you know a woman who a, a, a young a girl who has reached womanhood, uh, you know, by all sort of uh, historical markers, certainly in our society, womanhood isn't isn't reached until the day after. Your seventeenth, uh, you know, your seventeenth year plus uh, three hundred sixty-four days. That day, you're a woman. However, in you know most of human history, it was somewhere in you know after the point where they began menstruating or whatever. So I think if you're talking about a girl who has reached womanhood, you're talking about something entirely different to me than a girl girl. Well, no, I wasn't talking about age. I was talking about the concept of incest. Uh huh. I wasn't. I I never even brought age said, into that. You said that it was picture. disturbing that people were uh, marrying girls that were twelve years old. No, I think to some people that that is disturbing. I'm disturbed and, by it. Right, right. But you wouldn't go and take their kids from them. Well, for one thing, they're living on a compound as a different group, a societal. He has group. his own house. He's living there. Yeah, you, you're. He, if he's he's participating in regular Western society. So, um, and well, no, he's not. He's showing his kids pornography, and so therefore that's not very regular. But I don't even want to talk about this one guy. I want to talk about sort of this uh, theoretical – we know these people exist – the theoretical incest household where you've got two parents – that are together and they're engaging in some sort of incestuous activity with their with their and when I say children I mean people that are their offspring so we could be talking about fourteen uh, year olds if we if we wanted to here well, should we, the should the people that are engaging in incestual activity with their teenagers uh, teenage sons and daughters have their children stolen from them and the FLDS people be left alone when they're marrying and having sex with twelve uh, year olds 
Um, I think the FLDS people should be left alone. And I think that, uh, first off, if you're dealing with a family that has sex amongst itself, mm-hmm. um, you're likely never, ever, 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 ever going to find it out happens. about it. We've heard of the stories. People the, have been arrested. The, They've had the their families rare, broken rare up. instance. However, you're also assuming that those charges are true. And that they're not being. Well, we are assuming, and you're you're dodging the question yeah, here. I, what take, should happen if I if don't you know what out. they should happen? But uh, the only thing I can come up with is take their kids from them. These people are so nuts. So leave the FLDS people alone. Correct. Okay. Do you, you see a, a bit of confusion there? A bit of conflict? There's um, always going to be a line drawn, line. man. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives there, and there's a lot to, uh, to download. In fact, you can go back for an entire year and download free right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live is brought to you by uh, the Free State Project. Getting people together that believe in liberty, all gathering in the same geographic area, specifically New Hampshire, and getting active for freedom. It is an amazing movement, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Uh, been here in New Hampshire now for three years. More people are coming every single week, every year after year. Year after year, more people arrive here and get active for uh, for liberty in ways that I've never seen happen in my lifetime. It's been an amazing movement so far, and it just keeps getting better. So head on over to freestateproject.org to learn more about it and get signed up and join us. That's freestateproject.org. My favorite part about the Free State Project is that most of the people here that believe about believe in liberty don't believe in your version of liberty where you hump your kids. Uh, that's not what I'm advocating, Mark. I'd like to point that out. I'd like to say that what I'm pointing, I, what I'm advocating here is that you allow others to be hump free. Hump their kids. You, uh, yeah, you allow others to, to be free if you yourself want to be free. Because, Mark, when you try to control others, you may inevitably find that you yourself will be controlled. So you're saying in a society that you're envisioning where freedom exists that there will be no control? I'm not saying that. I'm not sure exactly what you even mean by you that. You said that you sh- would you try I to control other people? I think you can control you yourself, would... sir. I think that you get to decide. Does this guy how... control himself? What are you talking about? I'm, we're, not, we're not even talking about this guy right now. We're talking about the issue of incest and the question of whether or not these people should be left alone or whether they should have a you know, police raid kicking in their door and st- uh, you know, stealing their children from them because they have a different set of values than you. But yes, there would be controls. It would, there would be the controls that you voluntarily agree to abide by. Right, and I'm not saying that you could you couldn't live in an area that would exclude people like this. I mean, you could certainly ostracize people like this. And again, as you pointed out, Mark, odds are good you'd never find out of uh, you know behavior like this, but because it's likely these people would be indoctrinating their children from day one, and uh, I'm sure the you know rule number one would be you don't talk about what happens uh, at home. That kind of thing. And it seems unlikely that people like this would be living within uh, close boundaries to society. It would seem like they'd be living out in the woods somewhere. The last time I heard about a story like this, it was in the middle of central Florida. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you're, 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 you know, <laughs> I, I don't think there's too much to be concerned with here. 
But what you're telling me, Mark, is that you're so concerned for what other people do in this particular instance that you're willing to go in and steal their children, and that that bothers me. Do you not think that, in a, that even without a state, that people would still be going in and trying to steal the children of people that were doing this to their children? I, I don't know. Maybe they would. And I then they, they might be. Then there's a possibility they could be found, uh, you know, guilty of kidnapping, or they could case. be found to be the best, uh, you know, the the best people to raise these children that they have kidnapped, because the other people are humping them. So then, why? So then, would it be all right with you, Mark, if in this, you know, let's talk about the free market world. Let's let's put aside where we currently are and where you're saying that there were, would possibly be uh, young people that are put in some sort of jeopardy uh, in harm, what you would consider harm's way, that you think it's uh, legitimate for somebody to go in and steal them because uh, they're engaging in some sort of unwanted sexual activity, at least unwanted from your perspective, then by that per- uh, particular viewpoint, then it, it is okay in your mind then for people to go in and steal 439 children from the FLDS folks because they're doing some pretty weird sexual activity there. Would that be all right? In a free market world, is it okay for people to go steal the children of a religious sect? Yeah, it's, they're, they're doing weird things. They're harming those children from your viewpoint. So uh, no. if you can find a judge to, uh, you know, an arbitrator who will back you up on that. But they would have to have an arbitrator too, right? Isn't that how this your little fantastic world of yours works? Well, they certainly uh, possibly could. But what, but what I'm pointing out, Mark, is that you could have some sort of private society in which you know, you decided what is and what is not appropriate, and if people like that were uh, doing inappropriate there's, things, they would have consented to There's it, no right? guarantee that your free market world is going to uh, actually afford any more freedoms than we have No, there's today. not. I, it could be more restrictive. That's what I'm trying to point out sure. to you. I'm telling you that you could have a more restrictive society in which if you found out someone was behaving in an unacceptable format like that, like, you know, I'm Ave Maria, out. Florida, which is this Catholic town that actually exists today, odds are real good that, you know, the FLD DS would not be very welcome in a place like Ave Maria. I'm pointing out that public opinion is always going to matter, Ian. It's always going to matter. Because I don't at care some what point your opinion another, is. Leave people alone. That's what I'm saying. Do you the, want freedom? I think the high point of this, this conversation that we're having here is that you have a vasectomy, so you can't pass on these values to children, and you sound so fringy that nobody's going to listen to you. Right, Mark. And you're the one <laughs> defending violence. Let's go to Ryan in uh, Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ryan. Hey guys, um, just a couple comments on the um, story you read earlier. That was a news story, right? The yes. story about the parents and one of them showing their kids porn? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, when it comes to kids and sex, the, the, the media tends to be, um, shall we say, just a little bit sensationalist. And so they're, they're using words like, you know, forced her to watch it. I can, I can imagine an alternate scenario uh, reading that, and that's like, I know it's unpalatable to think about, but at 11, 12, I was getting pretty interested in sex already, and uh, the girl started earlier. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I know these kids are still pretty young. I, I think seven and eight was the ages, right? Uh, eight and nine. Eight and nine. Okay. So there you go. Eight and nine, you know, it could be that they're already hearing about it from their peers, maybe some of the people that are older in their class. And, you know, what if the girl just heard about it at school, didn't know what, you know, what it was, came home, talked to dad about it, and he freaked out because he didn't know how to deal with his, you know, eight or nine-year-old girl asking questions about sex, and saw the TV and saw this DVD and thought, hey, you know, audiovisually, great idea. Here's a, here's a way to handle what this if? problem. I think that's a, a, a possibility, a, certainly a reasonable, reasonable possibility of what could have occurred. So the question is, if this is just a silly mistake, is it still a good idea, Mark, to take away this guy's kids? If, if he admits that it's a, 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 a silly mistake. Now, here's the thing is, is we don't know what we're dealing with here because I don't believe the media in this case either. 
But if if you're talking about a guy that says, look, you know, that's what happened and and says that, then I I think that you're talking about something entirely different. Um, you know, look, look, your honor, I made a mistake. And, you know, this it was just it was a spur of the moment uh, visual aid that that whole scenario. Then I think that he should be able to, uh, you know, you know, have some kind of uh, you know, recourse. there. Yeah. So as long as they agree with your viewpoint. Yes. Yes. Then once once we you don't have, need to punish you because you you do agree with me. You once just you have admitted your sin, then then. Uh, you know, you can you can then wait, 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 get redemption. Wait. Admitted your sin. Yeah. Isn't this is this is an ongoing theme in human uh, society that once you adopt the viewpoint of the pervasive group, then you will be admitted into that pervasive. And group that, that's the root cause of the issue here. What are you is, talking about? Who's to say their view is the right one? Um, Mark is apparently. Yes. Yep. yes Somebody elected him. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm the Ryan, guy with the other thoughts. Uh, yeah, the other thought I had um, was that um, this this prosecutor that apparently can't find anything to charge the guy with. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he should, but um, you know, I've seen this in cases where like a state has passed like a uh, so-called like stand your ground law or castle doctrine, where the prosecutor was politically you know maligned with that, and then uh, when they got a case of an egregious killing, they would refuse to prosecute it, saying that the new law. Forced me, you know, tied my hands right. in an effort to get it overturned. And I'm wondering if uh, if this prosecutor isn't just, you know, politically maligned with this this uh, sexual in in, in uh, education privacy law, or, or with with some politician who's trying to make a name for himself. That's a great point. Bob Duell, a Republican from Greenville, said he's planning to push for a change in the law in the next legislative session in 2011. Thanks there for the call, Ryan. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round from the free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. So enjoy all the features there for free. And don't forget to join Sam over at obscuredtruth.com. Lots of great liberty-oriented themed videos. And he does a fantastic job. And the quality of production just keeps going up you just recently bought a very, very fancy piece of equipment, Sam, and it really, I think, adds a, quite a professional look. I mean, as though they weren't professional enough, but it really adds a nice little s- smooth look to the uh, the videos. What do you call that thing? 
It's a uh, glide cam or a steady cam is the other version. This is kind of a cheaper knockoff version. Mm-hmm. But, does the uh, job. Apparently. Oh, yeah. It does a fantastic job. Leaves me pretty sore the, the next day, unfortunately. It's actually a vest that you wear made out of metal or something like that. And mm-hmm. a, a, you're, you attach your camera to this kind of arm that comes off of it. It basically supports the camera so the, the footage is as smooth as silk. I mean, you just, there's no jumpiness or anything like that. It's really amazing. So, uh, so Sam, always uh, reinvesting into his videos and making them better. Head on over to ObscuredTruth.com, ObscuredTruth.com, and enjoy them. If you free. think what Sam's doing is pretty cool, you can intern in film and media. The IHS Production Internship Program offers paid internships at production companies making film, documentaries, online video programs, and more. The program includes a week-long interdisciplinary IHS seminar, a stipend, they pay you to do this, and a housing allowance. Applicants at all levels of experience are encouraged to apply. Placements are available during the spring, summer, and fall. If you apply for the spring placement um, by November, you, you have to apply for the spring placement by November the 15th. And uh, summer is going to be February the 15th, so... Uh, if you're if you're interested in and these uh, things go to the uh, excuse me it's uh, libertarianinternships.com libertarianinternships.com we've had good uh, re- reviews of these people have called in to tell us about their trips to these uh, internships yes and uh, they're they're enjoying that all right so uh, 800-259-9231 let's talk to Gene in Tennessee on the amp line oh hi uh, Ian I was going to give you a quick Bible study I know you're kind of intolerant towards Biblical verses, so I'm going to make it short. Okay, but, I like that. Uh, short. Jesus short. wept. This is short. Yeah, well, it's not quite as short as Jesus <laughs> wept, but uh, there's a scripture, and this is one of the reasons that uh, that I'm an that I'm an anarchist, and uh, I believe that it's the Christian thing to be as an anarchist because uh, I think that if you read the fine print in the Bible, or if you read uh, the spirit of what's being said, it definitely says that all these fictitious governments that we have are basically the Antichrist. And if you look in uh, in John in his first epistle, and it's very short, anybody can find this, it's very easy to find. It says, little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So clear back 2,000 years ago, they were saying that there were many Antichrists. Now I think that that reference is governments, because governments tend to take the place of God. They, yes. they tend to be uh, uh, elevated to God's status, and as such, they would be anti-Christ. And the belief in them is uh, very religious-based, and it's also a, a concept. It's a nebulous concept. Government doesn't actually exist. The people and the guns do, and the, the buildings and the tanks and, the, and the, the police cars all exist, but they're just people that are using force on others. And if you look at the history of Christianity, it was, a, it was the religion of the people that didn't believe in the pervasive government of that day. They do, in fact, use the term antichrist to describe people who are in the government. I agree completely with what you're saying, Gene, that that is the the, 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 the belief. I believe that that's the belief set of early Christians, and those are the ones who sort of you know laid the foundations of the church. 
the, the church has gotten way the way way off the 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 beaten track of that but that's 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 the truth right, i believe well popular christianity today is uh, very embracing of the idea of government the popular christianity is in really in this country to some extent or another christianity still is uh, you know it, it's it's the found uh, it, it, they are the ones that that get the deference they are the ones that uh, you know manage to set some of the rules that kind of thing i mean you know there's, and there's their biggest problem is they keep misinterpreting Romans 13, which, you know, the, it sounds, if you read Romans 13, it sounds like it's saying, do whatever the government tells you to do. But that's not what it says, because in Romans 13, you have to look at who the subject is of who you're supposed to listen and to. And what is Romans 13? Way back to the beginning Wait, of the, of the Gene, segment. Gene, what is Romans 13? It's, uh, Romans 13 is about, uh, you know, uh, doing uh, what the government says, uh, the, the the authorities, talks ah, about okay. the authorities. I don't have it right in front of gotcha. me. But anyway, if you go back to the beginning of that segment, it says that the authorities are the ministers of God. So you have to take that in perspective. So they're saying, okay, you should listen to the ministers of God. Well, who are the ministers of God? Certainly not Nero. Certainly not uh, uh, George Bush. Would a minister not- of God enforce his way on others? The ministers of God teach. and and um, So what would Jesus so, do, Gene, just to tie this back in, because I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I don't consider myself a Christian, but I think I, in many ways I'm more Christian than uh, people. a lot of people that call themselves Christian. Um, what, what, would it, what would Jesus do about incest? Well, I think he would do nothing until after the people were dead and in, at judgment. So he wouldn't I mean, steal I the children? This he is wouldn't... a thing that, you know, he has left us to basically our own devices here on this earth, to work out our own salvation in fear and trembling. I'm not here to work out your salvation, Ian, or your salvation, Mark, or anybody else's salvation. I'm here only to work out my own. I'm not here to uh, to put somebody in jail for something that I think I perceive is, is ill. And if, uh, so in that regard, I would think that he would do nothing except try and teach. It would seem to me that that you'd be right about that, that uh, the idea would be to allow people to be free because anything else would be, you know, very governmental and uh, very antichrist-like, right? That's correct. So um, there was another thing I wanted to bring up real quick. Certainly. I wanted to challenge you and Mark for your bigotry. Oh, Uh, about what? (laughs) (laughs) Because you're a bigot against those who are intolerant of other races. And I just had this discussion on the uh, on the bulletin board system under the, uh, uh, the, the the under the show and the race show was the uh, subject. Okay. But anyway, uh, I went to dictionary.com, looked up the definition of bigot, and I proved that people who are intolerant of of uh, racists are in fact bigots because the definition of bigot is a person who is utterly intolerant of any differing creed, belief, or opinion. You are so correct. If somebody's belief is that one race is inferior to another, and you are intolerant of that person because of their belief, then you're a bigot. You're right. right. I'll so, embrace that. That's I am. So, so obviously you're a bigot. Hold on, hold Mark on. That's a, a belief, now, not a race. I went there and I stated that I don't fit that definition because I'm not a bigot. Although I do have uh, a very strong opinion of what's right or wrong. I am tolerant of people that have differing opinions. So by that definition, I'm not a bigot, but uh, a lot of you people that are uh, so 
Um, well, Gene, can I point something out here? People I, who have differing views, you are bigots. Well, now wait a minute. Now I'm tolerant in that people are allowed to have their views. I would never, I would never uh, consider stopping somebody. But as far as my own personal life and who I will interact with and who I will uh, spend time with, my very limited amount of time on, I'm not going to spend that amount of time or any amount of time, any significant amount of time beyond the three hours a night that I do this show. When they, you know, some bigots might call the show, uh, I'm not going to uh, include these people in my life, and I'm not interested in uh, working to change uh, these people or influence them in a different direction. So if that makes me a bigot against bigoted people, then I'll embrace that term. Sam wanted to say something, though. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it just sounded like you were not making the distinction between uh, a race of people versus somebody's beliefs. Well, the def- I'm using their definition on dictionary.com. Because, you know, I'm not that bright. I don't remember the definition of every single word in the, uh, in the English language, so I have to look these things up. Okay. But it says How about the other? Here's a better definition for you. But here's any a, differing creed. Well, I'm not utterly intolerant. I am tolerant to an extent, just I don't want them in my life. So does or that make me opinion. utterly intolerant? See, so you have to be intolerant of either a creed, a belief, <laughs> how, or, a, or an opinion. How about this one? I like the second definition better. One who's strongly partial to one's own group, religion, race, or politics, and is intolerant of those who differ. That doesn't say utterly intolerant. Maybe that could fit under that definition of bigot. Thanks, Gene, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. So I'm bigoted against bigots. Eh, that's okay. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Give you a little bit of uh, international news here, uh, starting in Argentina, and this one's uh, several weeks old, but still good news worthy of spreading. Uh, the BBC saying that the Supreme Court in Argentina has ruled that it is unconstitutional in that country to punish people for using marijuana for personal consumption. The decision follows a case of five young men who are arrested with a few marijuana cigarettes in their pockets. But the court said use must not harm others and made it clear it did not advocate a complete decriminalization, which, of course, has been shown to work. Uh, Portugal has had drug decriminalization across the board, not just cannabis, but all, all, all drugs from pretty much have been decrim, uh, decrimmed in Portugal. Of course, uh, the Netherlands and Holland, Holland and the Netherlands. Damn it, I'm still confused about what Holland and the Netherlands are. I think <laughs> Holland they are the is same. some states. Uh, there's a couple of states. Uh, Holland oh, is a state in the Netherlands, right? I think there's two. I thought it was lower and upper, yeah. greater oh. or lesser. I don't know. Anyway, they've had some, some positive experiences with uh, decriminalization of marijuana, decriminalization for a little while of uh, mushrooms, but for whatever reason, the, the prohibitionists managed to uh, get the, uh, the mushrooms re criminalized there, which really just shows the frustration uh, that people who are advocating f- the freedom to uh, control one's own body 
suffer when they're working within this insane system where even if you can take two steps forward, even if you can actually get decrim to happen, you're still constantly at battle with these people who want to recriminalize things. Same thing happened in Alaska where they had a uh, situation where uh, marijuana was usable by people in a fairly large quantity. You could you could possess it in a fairly large quantity. And, you know, the day that happened, the day they, they passed that, the prohibitionists we're right back on the case trying to advocate for prohibition again. And it's just so awful that, you know, the government's uh, system just perpetuates conflict. And I don't think you can count on the government to ever go out and make drastic changes that would, you know, count circumvent their previous policy because they want to save face and they need people to believe that, hey, we know what we're doing. We're in charge here. We've got everything under control. It's like the, the radio talk show host that never admits they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. The government's the same way. Yeah, the government uh, never has to say. Meaning, being in the government means you never have to say you're sorry, because even if what you have done is wrong, and even if everybody knows it, you still get taxes the next year because, well, people are afraid of what you might do to them if they don't pay. Mm-hmm. And so, why should you bother apologizing? It's not like your public image matters. You can just steal and steal and steal, and uh, you know, destroy and destroy and destroy, and you'll get away with it again and again. But still, good news where, you know, I'll take I'll take it where I can get it. And in this case, it is good news. Uh, correspondents say there's a growing momentum, actually, in Latin America towards decriminalizing drugs for personal use. In fact, didn't we see that Mexico also recently did a very, very small amount of decrim, but decrim nonetheless on, again, almost all drugs across the board. Happening around the world and all the pressure the United States is putting on these countries isn't stopping it. You mean the pressure to keep them yes. uh, criminalized? The Argentine court ruled that, quote, each adult is free to make lifestyle decisions without the intervention of the state. Well, that's nice. Well, well, how about selling it? Isn't that also a lifestyle decision? No, you can't make that decision. Oh, apparently not. Sorry. Well, you know, I wish I had uh, the uh, there was an article I had about the the hate crimes legislation where Barack Obama said something. I'm paraphrasing here. He said something uh, to the to the effect of we now have a country in which, uh, you know, you can live life as you choose or something like that. It was just ludicrous because obviously you aren't free or you use the term you're free to live life uh, how you want. You know, and obviously you're not. If you if you transgress their official rules about what you can and can't do with yourself, then you'll end up in a cage. And that's anything but freedom. Supreme Court President Ricardo Lorenz, Lorenzetti said uh, private behavior was legal as long as it doesn't constitute clear danger. He said the state cannot establish morality. The initiative has been supported by the government. Congress is expected to introduce amendments to its current drug laws. But the court said it was not advocating a complete decriminalization of the drug, a move possibly aimed at deflecting criticism from the church and conservatives. An eight-page statement, or the eight-page statement, also called for comprehensive policy against illegal drug trafficking. So this is kind of the typical first step of decriminalization is, all right, well, we're going to leave the users alone because... Well, maybe we've under, maybe we've come to the conclusion that that we're actually harming them more than we're helping. Maybe they've actually come to that conclusion. That's you know, it sounds like this judge, you know, these these judges at the Supreme Court in Argentina, uh, at least understand that much. But if you can possess marijuana, then does that mean that it's also still illegal to grow and to sell it? See, clearly, it does. Well, so how are you supposed to get the marijuana? It doesn't matter because this way they get to keep up their war on drugs. They get to keep all of the extra police who go out and fight the drug war. Mm-hmm. And they get to keep seizing cash and cars and assets and everything else that the state benefits from this war on drugs. That's so a great point. They need to do that. And here in the here in the United States, if you get caught with two bags of pot, then that's evidence that you're a dealer. 
<laughs> you'll get charged with dealing if you're caught with a few nickel bags. Yeah, because you've uh, taken the the quantity you have and and you know put it in a bunch of bags. They'll decide that means you're dealing. I remember the story. I think it was out of Chicago that they were outlawing just the little bags. That that's the right. Stores were selling. Yep, they sure were, as though that's going to stop people from selling drugs or anything at all. My wife uses those same little bags to put her vitamins in on a daily basis. So she she takes them, takes a whole bunch of them, and tries to, and gets me to take as many as, as she can. Yeah. And she puts them all in little bags and they're jewelry so bags. They're also used for you know gems and things. It may uh, very well like be. I have no idea, but. Uh, so, but, you know, like I said, I'll take it where I can get it. The move has been criticized, of course, by some campaign groups who say it will encourage damaging behavior and lead to health problems. Well, this is just ludicrous. I mean, the idea that just because something is legal that it's encouraged, bleach is legal. Does that mean it's encouraged for you to drink it or inject it into your veins? Clearly not. Just by the government saying that, hey, we've decided to not arrest you for doing these things, I don't think that is encouraging. That's just how I see it. Well, yeah, but this turns your brain into Swiss cheese, right? No, actually, in point of fact, it doesn't. Uh, Marijuana doesn't. uh, There are receptors for cannabinoids in your brain. So your brain is kind of designed for the use of this particular substance Mm. in a way. It's an argument that can be made. There's people who have just bought into the government propaganda on this, that it's bad for you, that it's going to destroy your mind, that you'll lose long-term uh, memory ability and so forth. And they just, they've never tried it for themselves, so yeah. they don't know. Those, they, they believe everything the government tells them, so hey, Those it must people be are true. relics, and they are going away. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all there is to it. If you start, if you look at the, uh, you, you take the, what, what the, the demographics that they use generally for advertising, have a tendency to go along uh, and in 10-year increments, if you look at the 65-plusers, and that's where they stop, by the way. They, they okay. don't go above 65. They figure once you're at 65, you've all got the same things, which doesn't make any sense to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the same concerns. But, you know, when it comes to marijuana, people of 65 and up probably, uh, you know, agree, tend to agree that it should be illegal. But every time you go down those demographic cells and you get younger and younger, those people don't because they've smoked it. They know that marijuana, it isn't crack it isn't heroin. It isn't any of these things that they compare it to, and that it is significantly safer than alcohol, which is legal. Which these these yeah. these oldsters are are sipping their martinis, uh, you know, all day long. That's fine that they can do that, but they can't smoke pot. Ludicrous. There will be an increase in the drug trade, and the people that fall into addiction will not, unfortunately, access treatment, said some scaremonger. He said, "My country doesn't have the necessary health coverage for what will happen." As though uh, because people and it's now legal to smoke pot that somehow that's going to change things. Well, actually, uh, it seems to me that everybody that wants to smoke pot that I know of smokes it. I don't know a single person. I've never known anybody who's ever really said to me, you know, Ian, I, I really, really, really want to try pot, but I'm so scared of getting caught. Prob- I'll never, I'll never be able to try it until fine. Well, look, look, you're not going to get caught. You're in my house here. You know, there's nobody going to bust through the door. Yeah, but I'm so scared. I'll just, I just don't want to use pot because you know they could be listening to me with a parabolic dish outside. Um, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're tapping your phone. Uh, I mean, maybe there is somebody out there. Who, I'm, I'm sure of billions of people on Earth. There are 
a certain small amount of people, but I've never come across them. It's, Everybody that I know has, that has ever wanted to try pot has tried pot as many times as they felt comfortable trying pot. I don't think you're talking about people that haven't tried it. I think you're talking about people, perhaps, uh, you know, there's a larger segment of people that have smoked pot, but have decided that they're not going to smoke pot because it's illegal. That may be true. I'll give you that one, Mark. And this guy's trying to play it off as though it would be some huge tax on the on the healthcare system, and they'd be overwhelmed, and we'd have all these sick people. Does he know that the AMA was studying cannabis, and they expected it to replace 50% of the of the uh, pain medication on the market at the time before the uh, 1937 marijuana tax? That'll act? put good pharma uh, 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 pharmacy employees out of business. And we the can't whole do that. Patent system, the whole works. Yep. Wow, 800-259-9231, which is yet another big reason why it's so difficult to change the legal status of this particular plant. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. We'll look into the indoctrination system next. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training with any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to frontsight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun. We're launching into the third hour of the show. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, that is the point of the program. Uh, Still to come here, we'll talk about the indoctrination camps and what's going on in them, uh, at least one of them. First, though, it's Sean in North Carolina. Sean, you are on Free Talk Live. The incest Sean is gone. Instead, we'll try Alex in New Hampshire on the amp line. Alex, you are on Free Talk Live. Good evening. Hi, guys. I'd like to propose some civil disobedience. Okay. What if you carried around fake bags of marijuana in your car, in plain sight, and on your person just in case something were to happen, like with a, if a police officer were, were to approach you? Well, uh, well, I guess in that case, would you be intending to show the police officer the fake bag of marijuana, or would you just be intending to be searched and have him find it on you, or what? The latter. Well, here's what I would suggest might possibly happen, and that is that in some places, and I don't know if this is all across the country, but in some places there are laws about representing things as drugs. So, for instance, uh, if you were to... If you were to sell somebody a bag of, say, sugar and tell them it was cocaine and they were to be upset about the fact that you'd sold them a bag of sugar instead of a bag of cocaine and they were to go to the police and report that to the police, in some places there is a law that will allow the police to charge you with essentially 
fraudulent activity. So when you carry, However, you're not representing it as anything. If the cop asks what it is, you could say I don't know, or you, could. you don't have to say that it's oregano. Well, good, you should you should actually say it's oregano, but you say it in this manner. You say it's oregano. <laughs> and if you deliver it in a deadpan enough, then it's clear that you're saying it's not oregano. But what you do is you additionally you put a sticker on it that says oregano, not marijuana. Uh, <laughs> and well, first of all, if the cop has been trained, he's going to know the difference between oregano and marijuana. So you're going to have to find something a little more marijuana-like than but oregano. My question to this to you is this, Alex: Do you think that getting arrested is civil disobedience? I don't know. That's mm, a hard question. No, I would say it's not. Okay, so what are you hoping point. to prove? Yeah. Well, if the cop looks at it and then he ignores it, then that, I'm sure that says something about the state of drug laws in, for example, Keene. Um, you're talking about the place in which we do this uh, this radio show. What would that say beyond the fact that you found a cop that's willing to look the other way on something that he doesn't even think is marijuana? Well, if he th- see, if it's presented... As marijuana, but not overtly, and he looks over it, then that looks favorably for the police officer in terms of liberty. Here's, it would. here's the thing, Alex. I, I don't see this as um, reaching out to the public. I don't see this as causing people to talk about the issue. It's not really raising awareness, whereas like today, I was driving out in Nashua, and this cop pulled out into the road he uh, almost ran into the back of me trying to cut somebody, you know, cutting into the other lane to stop somebody who I think was speeding. And, you know, I I thought about taking the time to get the megaphone out of the trunk, standing <laughs> across the street and, and talking to him about uh, peace officers out keeping the peace versus revenue collection officers, you know, who are out there just enforcing laws. I think that would raise a lot more awareness than just carrying around a, a bag of oregano. Oh, not True, but not everyone is in your position to where they have a megaphone, they have the media equipment necessary to do that. Right, but the distinction is not the the megaphone, but it's the way that you bring these issues out into the forefront where people see what's happening, where they can talk about it, and they can say, hey, I, I saw this, what do you think about that, to their coworkers, whereas before they wouldn't have the opening to bring up that topic. It's It's... A lot of these topics people won't discuss with their friends because, you know, they're worried at what they might think. Yeah, it's taboo. But yet when somebody's out doing it, it gives them that excuse to say, well, you know, they, they learn that they're not they don't have as they're not as far off from their coworkers, from their friends and family members as they might have thought they were. It sounds to me like Alex is not in, from what you've described, Alex, it sounds to me like your goal is not to bring an issue up to the forefront at all or to do civil disobedience, but to essentially have a little police uh, test, you know, to where you get um, hassled by a cop. He finds that you're saying that you're expecting that some cops will find it and do nothing and that some cops will find it and, and you know, attempt to uh, to hassle you further. So you're you're not even really proposing this as civil disobedience. You're just kind of proposing it as a little cop test. It was just an idea that I was positing. I don't even know if it's good or not, which was the whole reason why I called in in the first place. Maybe if you shifted it around to say, you know, if that was marijuana, you would take me to jail, but because it's oregano, nothing's going to happen. They're both plants. They both grow naturally out in the wild. What's the difference here? And and really, who is who is harmed if this is oregano or if this is marijuana? That would be a good point, and of course your only audience at that point would be the police officer. Right, but he's going to go home and maybe think about that a little bit differently. Right. Interesting modification. Alex, any thoughts? 
Yeah, it's planting a seed in the officer's mind. I think it's a, an interesting idea that could be developed a little further. Yep. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And we're actually at a situation right now, uh, at least in, in the Manchester area of New Hampshire, where one activist has gone into the police station <laughs> with real marijuana, showed it to the people behind the desk, and or behind the glass window, bulletproof glass in Manchester, uh, he showed it to them, and they did not do anything about it. They, they actually sent a cop out into the lobby to order one of them off of the countertop. One of the the activists was sitting on the top on the uh, the countertop in there, and a cop stepped into the lobby, yelled at him for sitting on the countertop, and obviously they must have known because they told them they had they showed them the marijuana, and nothing was done to them about that. In fact, it's my understanding that the activist in that case, Big Mike who actually called the show last night, uh, that, that Big Mike has never been called back by the police chief. He's tried to get this police chief out of Manchester <laughs> to uh, you know, to meet with him so he can talk to him about this marijuana that he has, and he wants to show the police chief the marijuana, and uh, and he won't even meet with him. So they are, they are, at least in Manchester, avoiding the issue entirely. And there, by the way, point of information, there have been these cannabis celebrations here in Keene, New Hampshire, and they've been happening out in Manchester. I don't know if they're still going on. I heard rumors that they were going to be shutting down, but that was back when we had this cold snap, and it was like as though it was wintertime here for a straight week uh, in New Hampshire, and now it's all it's back to fall uh, temperatures here. Yeah, I haven't been using my heater. No, it's very nice out uh, in New Hampshire now. And so I imagine that they're still going on in Manchester, but I, I haven't heard but they've never even – the police haven't even come near them in Manchester. We've had a, couple, a handful of arrests here in Keene with the daily cannabis smokeouts. But in Manchester, they've had zero. So Manchester cops are completely ignoring this, uh, this issue. And, and that's a win. For, for, from my perspective, when they ignore you, it's a win. And when they crack down on you, well, t- technically that's still a win because you can parlay that into publicity and – and, it, and as you're saying, Sam, it brings the discussion forward in a, in a much faster uh, manner than, than, otherwise, than you know, otherwise might be brought forward. Um, I know that some people really only feel like they're winning with civil disobedience if they get arrested, but I don't particularly agree with that. I find it amazing that the activists, uh, that <laughs> the Big Mike didn't get himself arrested. I'm just amazed by it. At the marijuana thing? Yeah. yeah. It, if he walked in the police station with a handful of marijuana and said, come on, arrest me, and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> they yeah. wouldn't do it. You can't make me. You can't make me arrest you. Well, word is he's going to take it to the next level. Uh, rumor has it that Big Mike is talking about starting a marijuana buyer's club for medical users. Because there was this medical uh, marijuana thing that was close to passing here in New Hampshire, and it didn't because, well, politicians are inhumane and they don't care about their fellow man, uh, at least the ones that didn't vote for it. But uh, so it didn't pass, and so one of the the political activists that's out there really lobbying heavily to do these sorts of political actions of you know minor changes was very very upset at people for smoking out in these public parks, and he was publicly vilifying them for it, and you know willing to burn the bridges that uh, that he had he had created with some of these activists, including myself. And so Big Mike's response to all this has been, well, if if the concern is for the medical patients, let's give them a way to get their medical marijuana. If you're claiming, uh, politicos, that this is all about the medical patients and their access to marijuana, and that for whatever reason some medical patients can't access marijuana, Big Mike's going to be willing to put his freedom on the line to help these medical patients get some marijuana, and I think that's heroic. So as soon as that uh, develops, we'll bring you more information on it. 800-259-9231, coming up. What's going on in third-grade classrooms around this country, or at the very least around perhaps where you are? 
We'll explain here in moments. 800-259-9231. It's one of those things that just makes me a little bit upset that I'm forced to pay for this stuff. I'll explain in moments. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, we've got the wiki, the Shrine of Female listeners, and we give it all away to you for free at freetalklive.com. Super Freakonomics, uh, The Dragons, Dan Brown's Lost Symbol. There's all kinds of new and unabridged books available for you for free over at audiblepodcast.com. By I mean all kinds, I mean you get to pick one. <laughs> and you can get that free book by going to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. If you don't put that little FTL as in Free Talk Live behind it, you don't get the free book. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. And I think I'm going to be listening to that super freakonomics here soon. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. So here's a little story from the... The local paper, but it's relevant, I think, across the country because this is happening in in probably most of the classrooms, at least the government classrooms uh, around this uh, this country at at various different grade levels. You will find something similar to this. You will find indoctrination that is as insidious as this particular indoctrination. And I just wanted to share this little story for you, and I'm going to read it in the, uh, I think, the, the manner in which it is written. And you guys, you know, welcome to jump in here and stop me at any time to comment here. This is from the Keen Sentinel, keensentinel.com. Jaffrey, it all started with a letter-writing campaign among third-grade classes around the country. I read this one. One day. Around the country? Yeah. Their third-graders are writing to one another around the country. Okay. One day, a letter arrived from South Carolina. It contained a map with trivia about the state including its state drink, milk. Its state drink in South Carolina is milk? Apparently. Okay. Now, does New Hampshire have a state drink? The third graders in Sheila Nichols' class at Jaffrey Grade School wondered. Well, no, Nichols told her class. I thought it'd be like Coke with peanuts in it. But there's something that could be done about that. They asked how they could get a sta- they asked how they could get a state drink and I explained that children have a voice in government and told them that representative Bonnie Mitchell was a representative in our state government Nichols said and so began a campaign by Delaney Joaquin Shanley Bossy and Jesse Wicker who has since moved out of the Jaffrey Ridge district to make apple cider the granite state's Official drink. Now you know if this is all that government did, I would be, uh, I would back government. <laughs> right, if is... all they did was go around and make up the official drink, the official flower, the state flag, and and that's where it stopped. Hey, I'm on board. I I don't disagree with you on this. I, I I have often said the same thing, but I'm kind of curious. I have a problem with the the apple cider as the state drink. 
there are probably people that make their living producing some brand of drink. I know that uh, uh, Moxie, it, it's a it, it's it's a licorice sort of flavored uh, soda pop that's produced in Maine. It is the state drink of Maine. Okay, and. I like that Moxie is the state drink of Maine because it's it's put in a can. It has a label on it. People are employed in the production of it. I like the idea that Moxie is the state drink of Maine. However, apple cider, it's not like they're saying, you know, Uncle Uncle Paul's apple, apple cider. They're just saying apple cider in general is the state drink, you know? I don't like what you're saying, Mark, because what about the other co- uh, soda bottlers that are operating in uh, Maine? Isn't, you think there are a bunch of them? Isn't anointing one of them as the official uh, soda bottler, uh, you know, kind of unfair? I think that if uh, Moxie, Moxie has, uh, has has status status quo kind of, you know, it has an ongoing continuum to it. It's been produced for almost a hundred years there in Maine. So yeah, I think that they 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 deserve a certain level of recognition over the other ones that are newer. No, see this no, this isn't where I wanted to go with this discussion, Mark. Uh, as far as what should be given recognition and what should not, I don't think that the that there there should be any recognition given to any one thing. Over over another, but uh, see, Sam, it's not easy when you have when you have <laughs> the politicians deciding what the state drink is. This is the kind of thing that results. Well, in in the food pyramid, dairy is one of the basic food groups. Well, there are islands and and people out there that go their entire life without ever drinking milk or having dairy products, mm. and somehow somehow they manage to to live you know long fruitful lives and. They're not crippled by having this vital ingredient missing from the, the their food pyramid, and it it just goes to show you it's it's government getting in there. The the dairy farmers association got in and lobbied government to have this included so that they would sell more milk. It's it's a scam. Yes, and I, I don't think that if you know if you're going to have a government, uh, certainly I'd rather have them setting official this and that than uh, yeah. throwing people in cages. But at the same time, it's certainly favorite, uh, you know, favoritism, and this is really a great example of how it is that essentially, and they're trying to spin this as though it's just so cutesy and so so great, you know, that kids are getting involved in government. And the article continues here in a moment, but really it shows folks that exactly and to, to some extent how government operates in that it, it pits different groups against one another. So what about the kids that like Mountain Dew? What about the kids that like orange juice? What about the kids that like milk? Now those kids all have to go up against Joaquin here uh, and Shanley <laughs> and Jesse, who uh, want apple cider to be the uh, the official state drink, and they all get to battle it out with one another. Or maybe the whole rest of the class doesn't care, and it's just these three busybody kids that are you know that are doing this. Uh, but but theoretically, right? I mean, it's not fair that one drink should be elevated to some sort of official status, and it's just ludicrous that some uh, you know one product should be anointed by the, uh, the the people that are running the state. I think that it's should be handled in the good old fashion, uh, you know, the, the, the way the republics used to handle problems, like like Rome, for instance. Give each one of these kids a steak knife, have them battle it out. The one that walks out of the classroom alive is the one that we choose as the official state drink. But that's essentially Three what's happening. Three kids enter, one kid leaves. <laughs> Yours is a little bit more of a violent, uh, explicitly violent version, but essentially the conflict is still there. Even though there's not blood spilling uh, over this, there's still conflict, there's still hard feelings. So if uh, one group of kids gets apple cider to be in, uh, anointed as the official state drink, which, by the way, the official state drink, if anything, should probably be alcohol, considering the state actually is the liquor dealer in uh, the state of New Hampshire, would make the most sense uh, in that case. But nonetheless, it does show the, uh, the conflict inherent in the 
the system, but they're not painting it that way. For them, they're painting, oh, isn't this cute? The kids are getting involved in government. Look, we're showing them how government works. See, kids, if you want something to happen, you go to the legislators and you talk to them, and then they'll do whatever it is you want them to do, and soon you'll have what you want. Government <laughs> works, kids. And this is why it's. This is why I think this is so insidious because it's it's showing these young people this false picture of what government is really all about. Let me continue the story. Mitchell. Now this is the representative. Uh, she was written uh, wrote a uh, writ a letter writ a letter by the students. The stu- students wrote her a letter. <laughs> um, I, I hope that this reporter isn't the uh, is, isn't the one that uh, is, no, didn't graduate. I, I botched that one. Oh, okay. Uh, the, in April, this is the actual article, the students wrote a letter to Mitchell, a Jaffrey Democrat, asking her to sponsor a bill making cider the state drink. Mitchell, who visits Jaffrey fourth graders every year when they study state government to talk about how a bill becomes law, wrote, oh, don't you wish we could get one of our people in there to talk after that? <laughs> <laughs> she wrote them back to tell them she'd sponsor a bill this fall. While they may not be the most well-known bits of state trivia, official drinks aren't uncommon. South Carolina and 19 other states hail milk as their official beverage. Water is Indiana's drink of choice. And then there are the less traditional picks, such as Massachusetts' cranberry juice, Nebraska's Kool-Aid, Ohio's tomato juice, and Rhode Island's coffee milk. 800-259-9231. There's more to this story here. Uh, This uh, process of selecting a state drink and how insidious it is. I'll come back here in moments, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. We'll delve in further. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we have the shrine of female listeners, dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo or video to show that they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're a lady listener, the instructions are there for how you can get involved, shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're going to own a gun, you bet... Gosh darned well, better know how to use it. If you don't have one, here's a way to get a free one. Take the Front Sight uh, Defensive Handgun Course today. You'll get a 30-state concealed weapons permit in the process and a free handgun. It's an X, uh, Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Just go to FrontSight.com. That's FrontSight.com. Some of the best training in 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 the world, frontsite.com. All right, toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. Sharing with you a very, very cutesy, cutesy story written in the local newspaper here. But this is a a story that could be written in any of your local newspapers. In fact, it's very likely that you'll see uh, stories like this from time to time where they're essentially what they're pointing out is that the kids in government school are learning about the legislative process. Isn't it cute? Uh, in this case, it's the uh, some third graders in a school here in the area where they were, I guess, in some sort of letter writing thing where they were writing letters to other third graders in other states. And one of this, uh, one of them was, came from South Carolina and mentioned that the state drink is milk. And so the kids started asking about, well, what's New Hampshire state drink? Oh, there are, there is no New Hampshire state drink, kids. Well, we should have one. 
And so the kids, now three of the kids in the class, are, uh, are mounting a campaign to uh, lobby the legislature to create a state drink. And, of course, they're, you know, the teacher in this case is using this as uh, an opportunity to indoctrinate the, the, uh, the youth here because that's what they do in government school. They teach kids that government is good and that government is necessary and that government is how we solve problems and that government can do whatever you want government to, including uh, you know, anoint a, a particular beverage as official. Well, she's teaching them because she believes that that uh, everything that you just said she sure does. is true. It's it's indoctrination in that we have a different perspective and see the way it really works. And of course, it doesn't matter what our perspective is because we won't get to have our perspective shown to these kids. No. Uh, we won't be allowed to come in with the other side of the story. We won't be allowed, even though we're all forced to pay for these schools. Right. We're not allowed to have our viewpoint in these schools. And this is one of the things that is just, it's just absolutely outrageous to me uh, because I, I firmly disagree with what's going on here. It's very subtle indoctrination where they're basically just telling the kids that it's okay to use the state to anoint one product over another and give, uh, you know, give one uh, manufacturer. In some cases, some states, Kool-Aid is the official drink. That's an actual registered trademarked product that is being given some sort of level of uh, state uh, again, anointing is the best word I can come up for this, and I think it's you know I think it's inappropriate, and I think that what they're teaching the kids here is that it's it's totally appropriate to go through these processes to get the state to grant benefits to one group over another group. This is what's being taught to them. If you want something accomplished, you do it through the state. Now, wouldn't it be more empowering to let every individual decide what their own official drink is? The official drink of me is blah, blah, blah. In your case, Mark, you love your uh, Dr. Pepper, right? Or the, the, the Sam's Club brand. Or yeah, I do, like Doc, brand. I do like Dr. Thunder. Dr. Thunder, that's what it is. So, Mark, your official uh, drink might be Dr. Thunder. And you could have your own official drink. You could go around touting that the official drink of Mark Edge is Dr. Thunder. And, you know, then you can have your official drink, and Sam can have his official drink, and I can have my official drink. In fact, we could get together and have a Dr. Thunder Club if we all agreed on the, uh, you know, the same official drink. Isn't this really just some, uh, like, a small amount of free advertising for a particular beverage. I mean, nobody, I don't care. There's nothing in the world that's going to get, there's not much that anyone's going to offer me that's going to get me to imbibe another moxie soda in my life. I've had one, and that's mm-hmm. all I need to have in order to know that I don't need Did any more of that. I've never no, had I it didn't. personally. I've yeah, you did. You, you tasted mine one time at a restaurant that we went really? to. Yeah. Oh, that was diet. I know. It wasn't, it wasn't diet, thing, right? no. Okay. Um, Anyway, the uh, you know the, nothing's going to get me to drink this thing. However, it's the state drink of of Maine, and and sometimes that shows up in some trivia question somewhere. Moxie mm-hmm. soda is the trip state drink of Maine, and uh, you know so uh, we were really just arguing over a small small issue here. Are we just a small no no? Free you're missing you're missing the discussion, Mark. There's no argumentation going on here. I'm saying that I find this offensive. Uh, what they're doing to these kids. This is an example. This is one example plucked out of the day-to-day indoctrination that is going on in these government schools of just how, in, in my opinion, insidious this is. It's painting government with this little, you know, this this innocent brush of, hey, kids, you need something done? You go to government. You yeah. like something? You can use government to promote it over its competitors. Except that it's on an issue that's really of almost no importance in everyday life. 
So it's sure it's easy for them to step in and actually they they may get this stupid thing passed and and there you go see it works and they they now will believe in government, in government. exactly exactly uh, let me st- come back to the story here from Sentinel uh, KeenSentinel dot com uh, the students chose cider as a potential New Hampshire drink because of the state's plentiful apple orchards said the teacher and the teacher or excuse me that wasn't the teacher that was uh, one of the kids and the two kids two of the kids now fourth graders said they both like cider and they know that. Many other people in the state enjoy it, too. Good enough for me. uh, Fourth grade social (laughs) studies teacher says she's not yet sure how the bill will fit into the students' curriculum when it comes time to study state government. Uh, The state representative who said the bill hasn't been assigned to a House committee for consideration hopes to arrange for the students to attend hearings on the bill and possibly even speak in support if it fits their schedules. She said this is to get children involved in the legislative process so that they can follow along and See how it works, because this is what happens, kids. It works so well. You just push through what you want. It doesn't matter what all your other classmates want for the official drink, because you've got the majority, and majority rules, and that's our system, and it sure is great. Don't you love apple cider? Here, let's all drink some. <laughs> I, I hope they do a, a class field trip out to speak to to have these kids come out and speak yeah. to the subcommittee. Then I can go they there go and out. talk to them about. <laughs> well, no, I think the state drinks should be liquor because they're the ones yeah. who sell it. <laughs> this is to get children involved in the legislative process. She said, "Oh, and Mitchell sees another possible advantage to naming cider as the state drink." She says, "I've gotten quite a few calls of support from the different orchards around the state. Orchards are part of the state's economy and." Bring tourism and anything they can do to get the word out is good for them. Broken window fallacy. State liquor, um, liquor is part of the state economy. People actually come across the borders in order to buy liquor here in New Hampshire because, well, the state can't do anything right, so it sells liquor cheaper than every other place, and then goes in the red doing it. It's amazing. <laughs> are they in the red, really? That's what I have heard. They had to close uh, eight or ten stores. Something <laughs> like imagine that. The they have a monopoly on selling liquor, and yeah. they can't do They're it downsizing. right. Yeah. <laughs> These people can't even run a, a liquor store in a down economy when people are depressed and more likely to drink. I mean, it's all you need to know. I, I was talking to a guy today who was just arguing up and down about how the government should handle health care <laughs> and i'm like are you god god i, I wish i had thought of this one because it, it was it's just great the li- the state can't even run a liquor store as a monopoly in a down economy I, it's amazing while amazing. it is while it is the first time mitchell's written a bill that students requested it's not the first time a nadnock region students have had a hand in the legislative process in 2006 a group of third and fourth graders from a different school helped make the pumpkin new hampshire's state fruit if all goes well, Jaffrey's students are hoping they, too, can add a piece to the state's history. Well, at least three of the students, because what about the rest of the class? What about the rest of the class and what their <laughs> beliefs about the best drink uh, are? If, if these kids get apple cider uh, put in as the official state drink, how will that make the kids who don't like apple cider feel? Well, they should have they should have uh, talked to their representatives. That's right. More. They should have gotten involved in the system. Yeah. They should have gone up against the people that were in support of apple cider and supported milk instead, or supported uh, apple uh, apple juice instead of cider. You if know, only they, they worked harder. There's a there's a water bottling place that's very near uh, Jaffrey. So I, I think we should call the school and 
talk to the the teacher and see if we can get some time for a dairy farmer to come in there and talk and for a water bottling pe- person to come in mm. and talk and for you know just as uh, the people from the the beer uh, the the liquor stores and uh, the beer distributors the Coca Cola distributors the Pepsi distributors all these people need to have input when these kids are getting involved in this uh, this 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 process and they're they're pushing one thing over another I mean for God's sakes people are being underrepresented so this is how they do it this is how uh, they bring these young part of the way they bring young people into the belief that the government is necessary and that the government is somehow beneficial and it's good and really all they're doing is promoting eternal conflict amongst interest groups free talk live DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. Only moments remain here. Enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call. The best equipment money can buy is that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com at SACL CAI. All right, 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Brian in South Carolina. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hey, I always learn something listening to your show, and I just I never knew that milk was the state drink. Of South Carolina. Very good. Now you uh, now you know. Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I was elected to the Continental Congress in 2009. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. Yeah, Mark? I, on. I, I, we, we, we had uh, Mr. Schultz on the show not too long ago. Can you explain, uh, Brian, what that is? Well, uh, we're using the First Amendment redress of grievance. And uh, we're getting together and coming up with a list of grievances and uh, giving it to the proper people. Uh, Congress, Senate. President. Really? I I must have misunderstood. I thought this Continental Congress thing was to write a whole new Declaration of Independence and a new Constitution. Oh. That's not the case. No, it's it's not, it's not a concon. It, it's a Continental Congress, not a constitutional convention. Well, wait. Okay, I'm now even more confused because uh, the the We the People organization, which is who's putting this on, uh, Mark. You mentioned Bob Schultz. He's the 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 founder, if you will, the president right. of the We the People organization. Didn't they already take a bunch of questions to the various different people in Washington, D.C.? And didn't they already have them ignored multiple times? And didn't they then take that to the Supreme Court eventually? They took it through the various different levels of courts, and the Supreme Court rejected the case. So, therefore, upholding the lower court's case that basically said, yeah, sure, you can, uh, they were ruling on the uh, the right to redress grievances. And the court's ruling was, as I understood it, that, yeah, you guys can ask uh, all the questions you want. And we don't have to answer them. And so why are they going through that process again? What what makes them think that this constitutional Congress or con- whatever the hell it is is going to uh, – Yeah, what, what makes them think or you think that this is going to do anything different after the Supreme Court's already said uh, essentially that we don't care? Well, I think instead of a website uh, organization like that or maybe one person, Bob Schultz, we have uh, 
three people from every state representing. You guys of the Free State Project ever actually have William Kostrick um, being one of the representatives for New Hampshire. That much is true. He was the guy that was carrying the, uh, the I guess, a gun nearby an Obama speaking event. Um, but, okay, so you're saying that you think having three people from each state is going to get them to listen to you? It, it's, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I, as I recall, and I'm just thinking of the history of the We the People organization, but, I've been paying attention for a while here, and it's only recently that I've really stopped paying attention because I think they're, uh, they're pretty much irrelevant at this point. But there was an event years ago where they gathered people together from all across the country. Now, I don't know if they had three people from every state, but they did open the invitation to people from all across the country to gather in Washington, D.C. on one particular day to deliver these, uh, they, to deliver these petitions to, uh, to the various different members of Congress. They delivered them to every single uh, representative, every single senator's office. They delivered the set of questions that you guys are talking about here that you're going to rewrite, apparently, and re-deliver. Uh, they delivered these things, and they they had a big event where a bunch of people came from all over the place and they were ignored they invited people to come and speak they not even ron paul sent somebody out to talk to these guys what makes you think this is going to be different i'm just hoping for the best so <laughs> our country has gone to hell in the handbasket you know i'm just hoping for the best i really am uh, well, and, I- uh, I'd like to, to to come to the defense on this one, okay? And now, I, Ian, I don't think that it necessarily is that the government's going to recognize it or anything like that. However, um, you know, when this uh, the, the the We the People organization, sort of a uh, a retro kind of uh, constitutional organization, and that's what they support, and so they're sort of following in the footsteps of the founders. And I'm sure that that King George didn't give a you know, a far to the rolling, rolling donut as to what the colonists were doing over here when they were getting together and having their constitutional conventions. However, you cannot argue that those had some level of success. Hey, Brian, if this whole redress of grievances thing doesn't work, what's the answer? Um, the answer uh, might be loading, loading our guns. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, what's that going to do? Well, we need to show who's boss. My senator is Lindsey Graham. He is awful. Are you going to go um, kill him? No, no, not at all. Well, how are you going to show him who's boss? Not sure, man, not sure. Uh, I'm just saying I don't think loading, the, loading guns is going to solve any of your problems. And I think no, that's it's... why the, the We the People keeps trying different approaches. Well, if we do it this way, well, if we uh, you know find people that have been damaged by the U.S. and, and bring, they'll, they'll have standing and they'll be able to ask the government for a redress of grievances. Well, if we do this Continental Congress thing, then that'll work. Now, Brian, um, I, I understand the the uh, you know sort of frustration you have with the with the government and why lock and load sounds like an, an option, but I can tell you since I've moved up here to New Hampshire, that I have a lot more faith and and, and hope for the ideas of liberty. I believe personally that New Hampshire is going to lead the way in the areas of liberty. I also believe that um, it, that human liberty is inevitable; that it is simply going to happen. Do you feel that way down there in South Carolina? It will. It will. Um, so, I'm, I'm a fan of all you guys up there. I watch the Ridley Report. I listen to you guys. I'm you just guys wondering on the ball. if you're so frustrated with uh, you know the way the government is that perha- that that the thought creeps into your mind that lock and load might be the next option. That maybe instead of locking and loading, you could make the sacrifice that it would take instead of. Dying and your family not being able to, uh, you know, have you there, and that, just move them on up to here to New Hampshire. I know it's not going to be easy, 
How about and you I, load a moving truck up and uh, come <laughs> I here? I know the I, wife perhaps doesn't want to leave her family or anything like that, but she doesn't want to see you go out in a blaze of glory one day when you get just too fed up either. You know, so no, I, I, I'm. I was just saying that that's, I, that's not me. I, dude, I, uh, there it, it happens to people. I mean, the, the, the the thing is, is, it happens to people, and I know the feeling. Yeah, I mean, the government will just take away every option, and when you find a way to, you know, box them into a corner, they'll change the rules. That's that's what they do. And I've been watching this We the People organization for my entire, almost my entire adult life, certainly the last entirety of this decade. And I've been watching them go through all of these legal channels, channel after channel, and Bob Schultz will say things like, you know, if this option doesn't work, we're going to look at some, you know, some serious options of taking the next step. You know, and, and it, he always sounds like he's skirting the idea of civil disobedience. And indeed, the the to their credit, they're the we we the people organization has a bunch of people that have stopped paying taxes. And I've got to give them big time credit for that. There is a group of people within We the People that, uh, and it's supposedly thousands of uh, members strong, from what I understand, that has basically said, "Look, federal government, you will either answer our questions or we will not be paying you." And so they've decided, since their questions have not been answered, that they will not be paying the federal government. I think that's a pretty powerful position to be coming from. But to just continually deliver questions in the you know varying different forms and say, "Aha, we've got three people from each state, and they all came to Pennsylvania together, which is where y'all are getting together, and you're all going to sit down in some room somewhere and hammer out these questions again." You know, to We're say going that to Chicago, uh, November 11th to November uh, 22nd. Oh, I thought it was going to be in Pennsylvania. No, Chicago. Okay, Chicago. Chicago. Didn't they originally do it in Pennsylvania or something like that? I thought they were going to redo it there. I thought the whole point was to retrace the steps of the founding fathers or something like yeah. that. But I guess it just shows it how little it just shows how little I've been paying attention to the organization over the past year because this is all I've been hearing out of them is uh, it's no, not you know if encouraging nothing people. Happens, Ian, yes, sir. If if nothing happens, I will learn a lot and hopefully we all learn a lot and we'll we'll go from there. Um, this this will be a learning process for me. It sure especially. will. Yeah, I mean, I, I was involved in politics, too, and I think everybody has to find their own path to figure out, okay, what is the answer? And and for me, it was getting involved in the Ron Paul campaign, seeing how effective that was. Seeing That's how, why I started. Yeah, I, I went in and was dragged in by the politician who was going to run against him in his House seat, who scheduled a press conference at the same day right after Ron Paul's speech was supposed to end and his slimy campaign manager tried to drag in all the press that was coming to meet Ron Paul and I just I was so disgusted by uh by what I saw I realized okay I don't think this is the answer either and that's when I started moving more towards the free state project so I think you know there is no right or wrong way to go about it it's just whatever path people need to take is is what they need to do. I think what'll happen is you're going to have a good time, you're going to meet some like-minded people, you're going to you know probably drink and uh, you know socialize and have a wonderful experience with uh, some like-minded folk uh, in that particular Continental Congress thing that you guys are doing and then you're going to go home and they're going to submit the questions and they'll be ignored just as they've been for the past several times that they've submitted these questions I support them in what they're doing. They you know, it, they might as well. When, when you're there, I'm sure you're going to meet some folks from New Hampshire, and hopefully they'll be promoting the Free State Project, and maybe you can help them with that, because the folks that are going to be at this con- Continental Congress are definitely going to be good prospects for the Free State Project, especially yeah. after they find out that uh, their questions will be ignored. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, and good luck out there. Maybe I'll be wrong. See you tomorrow night. Free Talk Live. 
If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Some restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com.